What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence in this place. Thank you so much for who you are in our lives. We love you, we honor you, and we lift your name up high. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy to be lifted up high. And Lord, we are so thankful that we get to be in the house to lift your name up with our brothers and sisters, that we get to be here in this place celebrating the baptisms of the souls that have decided to submerge themselves underwater for your sake, for your glory. We celebrate today and now we know that you'll speak to us in a powerful way. We thank you today and we honor you always. Amen and amen. Let's give God a hand praise right there where you're at. Amen. Amen. Uh, I have a, a couple of things that I wanted to say before I get into the, the, the Bible verses. So just bear with me. Uh, first of all, a, a massive celebration to Shirley that's celebrating her 80 years today. Uh, we got to uh, go to uh, Shirley's uh, B-Day yesterday and they were doing 1943 trivia and that's when I knew that I wasn't going to know one single answer in that thing. Uh, but here's the powerful part about it. After uh, a couple of people had gone, uh, God arrested us in, in the living room and started speaking to us very, very profoundly. And you could feel the presence of the Lord very strong inside that house. Uh, you just knew that God was doing something special even before church on Sunday. We had, we had church on Saturday night, okay? Because the presence of the Lord can't be contained through the walls. It must be expanded, okay? Um, also, our woman's leader, Jomara, her birthday is on Tuesday, y'all. Yeah. Yes, I saw some ribs and stuff like that. No invite, but I saw ribs. Uh, the, the women uh, of the church did bloom on Thursday, and uh, as they took over uh, my sofa and my TV and all that thing, all I heard was whistling and just, I think, was it bonnets or I don't know what it was. Yeah, the little whistles, Lord have mercy. But I do have to say, I heard Rachel did an amazing job. And I texted her uh, through Slack. I said, hey, I heard you did such an amazing job. I want to let you know it's just the beginning of what God is going to do with your life. So thank you, Rachel, for doing that. And I uh, wouldn't uh, be all the way thorough if I don't have you guys celebrate with me 
Brina and Cam's three-year wedding anniversary. Yeah. I know he looks like Jesus, but far from. Far from. And, and, and Brie, we love you. Don't ever lift this podium ever again. She lifted it up like a Hercules, just with one arm. She had so much strength. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. No, we thank you. I just don't want you to get hurt on my watch. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the word. Let's go to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 12. And I think God has something special to tell us today. And I'll try to be brief as we got baptisms right after the service, but God still has to say what he needs to say. The word says, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. Say the door. Say the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she did the best thing she can do, ran back without opening the door and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. Say, at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him and they were astonished. Say, at the door. At the door. I want to preach today before we go into baptisms it's at the door that's my theme it's at the door you may be seated and thank you so much worship team it's at the door I want to quickly uh, ask you as a church a question to make sure that you've been following along through the series called The Truth Shall Set You Free. I wanna, I wanna know, does the serpent have an offspring? Yes. Okay, cool, thank you. Okay, he said, yep. <laughs> if I was to ask you what is the offspring's name of the serpent, what would you tell me? Lies. Lies which is resembling what he does, what he speaks to our hearts, what he speaks to our minds, what he speaks to our ears is lies. Continuously, always, never ending lies. It's what actually allows most of us in the room and outside of the room to be faint of heart at times. It is, it's not because you 
are not strong enough, it's because sometimes we believe the lie quicker than we believe the truth. It is a situation that our flesh that we have, that we are currently in, allows us to always believe the lies. It's easier to actually believe the lie. The lie is right in front of us, so why not believe it? It is in some way, somehow, very impossible to just grab onto the truth instead of just embracing I'm sorry, it's quicker to embrace the lie than embrace the truth. And so, with that, it's the mentality that I come at this story, it's at the door. Now, there is something that I, I want to say is I have a expectation or there's things that I wait for as a man. I wait for a series that I've been watching to drop, to come back and just entertain me for a little bit. It's, those are things that I expect and wait for. There's other things that I wait for like NFL Sunday, which is already here, which is probably why Cam went to the bathroom to check the scores. <laughs> There's certain things that I wait for as a man, okay? I also wait for some good, home meals. Although I've been the one cooking now recently, and I've become a chef, right babe? There we go, she knows what's up. <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to get scores, you know Marvin? Trying to, okay. <laughs> and so, I wait still for a good home-cooked meal. Those are things that I wait for. Those are things that I'm expecting as a man, okay? There's, uh, differences between me and my wife, very, very big differences. And there are certain things that she waits for and expects. And I'll tell you those things now. She expects foot massages every 30 minutes. <laughs> she expects back massages, head massages, anything massages. I don't like to give them, but she expects them. Okay? She also expects something that she always has that I have not known or don't even know that is even, I'm unaware of completely. And those are called Amazon packages. <laughs> She'll text me and say, hey babe, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I love you, I miss you, I miss you too. Hey, real quick, check the package it's at the door. Her favorite words of all times. Has my package arrived? They sent me a picture that it's at the door. And the other day, we were having a struggle because she was literally trying to defend that they had sent her a picture and she said, where's the package? And she didn't even hug me. She didn't even kiss me. She didn't say, hey, how are you doing, babe? How was your day? Thank you for cooking for me. Blah, 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 blah. None of the, the facts. It was, where's the package? I ordered a package. It should be at the door. They put it in front of the door. I said, babe, I didn't see any, no package. I have not gone outside. She said, you touched it. Where's my package? I said, 
babe, I'm serious. Don't make me throw away the food. I didn't touch your package. <laughs> she said, it's there. Look at the picture. And the package, the, the package that she was waiting for had the picture on, the, on her phone screen. And it was right in front of our home. I said, go ahead. Grab the same phone. Let's walk out and go to the same position. It's not there. I don't know where they put the package. I finally realized that it was underneath or behind the welcome sign in front of our home. The man that almost got us a divorce had written to my wife, hey, I moved the package. I moved the package. And she looked at me, she said, oh, never mind. I said, yeah. It's at the door. She's expecting it because it's at the door. I, I want to make sure that we grab this concept because in Acts, it's the beginning of the church. It's the beginning of what the church represents. It's the beginning of the gospel where, where Jesus had walked through the earth and chose 12 men, men that were fragile and broken, men that were just like me and you. And, and he had ordained them to preach the good news. What was the good news? Well, that he had come, died, resurrected, and some of us, we stay right there but that he was coming again. Say that again. I, I, say, say that with me. He's coming again. It should be in every Christian vocabulary. It should be in every Christian mind. It should be in every Christian family's heart. He's coming again. He is going to arrive and grab his bride, the church, because he is a promise keeper. And he told them that he was going to prepare things in the heavenly places for them. That he was going to come back again. That was the gospel. That's what they preached. They preached that there was a, a, a man named Jesus that had come to earth. He had humbled himself. He had died. He had resurrected on the third day. And he was coming Again, he had filled them with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. And all of a sudden you see the effects of the Holy Spirit in movement through the chapters of the beginning of the book of Acts. And you see that the church is evolving and it's growing and it's expanding because there's people that are anointed to preach the word and the word touched their hearts and their hearts were transformed. And so they selected other people and grabbed other people and said, you got to listen to these people. They're talking something different that we've never heard before. Jesus is not present, but Jesus is present. I'll shout to that one myself. Jesus is not present, but he's still present as he is identified and working through the apostles. And they're preaching and preaching and they're laying of hands and they're just praying and putting themselves to the work and, 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 and what God had given them in the beginning as he ascended to the heavenly places. And the church is expanding. The church 
is experiencing success. The, the church is experiencing conversions. Conversions such as Saul from Tarsus. He, they're experiencing conversions such as the centurion named Cornelius. They're experiencing conversions such as the Gentiles and some of the Jews of that area. They were experiencing success through the Holy Spirit. They were seeing the miracles of God, being able to touch every individual, touch every family, touch the wives, touch the husbands, touch the children, touch even people such as Saul that was just a devastating type of man that wanted to just be the person that he was put in his mind and studied that that was wrong, that that was a lie, that that they needed to be in jail, that they needed to be tortured because they were speaking blasphemous thoughts. God even changed Saul. It was the power that the church had. Come down here. It was the power that the church had. It was the power that the church had. It was made of individuals that started to believe the gospel of the living God. It was people that gave their lives to the gospel. It was people that decided that they would believe the truth. And you, you have to understand the truth made people feel uncomfortable because it started to bother people. It started to create animosity. This is what all I've known. This is all I've heard. This is all I've studied. And now you're telling me something different. Now you're telling me that a man named Jesus came down and he's the Messiah. He's the rescuer and that he died and he didn't take us out of the Roman Empire. He didn't liberate us from our captivity from the Roman Empire. And you're telling us that this is the king, that this is the person that we should serve. We don't see him. Show us who he is. Where is he at? I can't tell. And so these apostles had their hands busy being able to bring people to understand that there was a man that loved them so much that he was willing to change their lives forever. And so they started preaching the truth and started receiving the hate. Isn't it funny when you talk to people and you bring about the truth to them, they get uncomfortable. Because while you're living the lie, it creates a sense of comfort and a sense of, of, of well-being for yourself. You don't know that you're living the lie until the truth is right in front of you. You don't know that you needed to change until somebody told you you needed to change. Everything starts off with the truth. And the truth makes people feel uncomfortable. There is nothing more, more, uh, uh, more uh, illuminating than the truth. The truth sets people free, but they have to adapt and receive 
the truth in order to be set free. But the truth makes people uncomfortable. And imagine, just imagine the group of apostles just preaching the truth. They're, they're, the message is irrational to the re religious leaders of the time. It is irrational because it's talking about a rescue mission of a man that literally gave everything for the rescue mission. It is, it's irrational because they believe in their religious practices and they have prideful hearts. And so the message is about humility and it doesn't coincide with their religious practices because their religious practices makes them prideful. They think they're not prideful, but they really are. And so the message is attacking their pride. Hey, this is the Messiah, the God of the universe. He became man and humbled himself and allowed himself to be hung on the cross. And since it doesn't coincide with their religious practices because they think that God is supposed to have all the power and there's no way that my God can be crucified and be hung up there without shaking some stuff up and getting off of the cross and defeating them and overturning the, the Roman Empire. There's just no way. So you're lying to me. The prideful hearts are there. The prideful hearts are available and it bothered them because they, they, they didn't know what to do with that message. They didn't know what to do with the message of the gospel. Imagine you living your life filled with traditions and somebody coming up to your household and going, hey, that tradition is a no-go. I tried. I went with the gills two years in a row to St. Augustine. And I said, hey, let's go to Tennessee. BG looked at me and he said, do you ever want to come to this trip ever again? <laughs> Don't change my tradition. <laughs> I'm trying to, BG. I'm trying to. Everybody here has a tradition. And, and imagine somebody coming up to you and saying that tradition is a no-go. It, it bothers you. It's who are you to tell me that this tradition is not good? Who are you to tell me that what I'm doing is no good? Who are you to tell me that the life that I've been living this whole entire time, I need to change it because if not, I'm not going to be able to go to heaven. Who are you to tell me that? And so the hatred started becoming real because these men were battling against the tradition that these religious leaders and these churches had. This is the message. This is the message that he died, resurrected, and was coming again. That was the message. That type of message was the one that knocked Saul off the donkey. That was the message that allowed thousands to give their life on the day of Pentecost. That was the message that allowed even the people not fully from Israel to be fully saved by the God of Israel. That was the message. It was a message that overtook people's hearts 
and change circumstances. That was the message that gave people that were lame a ability to be able to walk. That was the message that healed the sick people. That was the message that took you from a poor mentality and placed you in a place where you don't deserve. That was the message. And over the time, it has gotten a little bit gray and black. Over the time, we have watered it down. Over the time, we've forgotten what really church is all about. Over the time, we've forgotten what's the actual message. There's not to be taken or to be added onto the, the death and resurrection of our Lord and the coming back of our King is the message. That's the message and if you can't receive it and you can't adapt it to your heart and you can't take it in I can't change the message because your heart is not willing that's the message it's a battle between the leaders of that day they were struggling to allow the message to sink in sometimes just like me and you are not allowing the message to be sunk in when God tells you to be humble and you want to be prideful. When God tells you to move to a place and you don't want to move to that place. When God tells you to speak to that person and you want to speak to that person. When God tells you to lay hands on that person, you want to lay hands to that person. When God tells you to forgive your wife, but you don't want to forgive because you think that she is the one that ruined what you had. And, and God is giving you the message and the message is clear, but you don't want to adapt to the message. And the message is not going to change because God does not change. Change the message. It's a controversy. It created separation in places of worship. It created how they lived, separation how they lived. It caused controversies in high places. Remember, when the truth is preached, there will always be a lie present. Remember, whenever the truth is preached, the lie will rear his ugly head because the lie is trying to make sure that you do not adapt to the truth. And every time the truth is there, trying to grab your attention, trying to change your life, trying to change your direction, the lie is constantly trying to do the opposite. It is trying to let you know, no, 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 no. That's not the way. That's not the way. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And we have to be understanding as individuals, as people that love the Lord, as people that have declared God, their Lord, their King that God has the final say in our lives and whatever he says it's what goes no matter what the circumstances are saying no matter what life is throwing at you God is in control they struggled to understand the truth they struggled to allow the truth to be inserted <laughs> 
It bothered them so much. It bothered them so much. Have you ever told somebody the truth that it bothered them so much they didn't want to speak to you ever again? It bothered them. I had a situation that, like that that happened to me where, where I told this lady, I told this lady the truth, and she literally got mad at me, and I said, wait a minute. They're, they're, you're, you're not going to just allow yourself to get mad, aren't you? She said, yeah, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be mad because... I don't like that and I knew that I was telling her the truth I was just speaking the truth into her life and she said I don't want to hear nothing you got to say I don't want to hear can you believe can you believe this lady the the audacity of this lady not wanting to listen to the truth can you believe the audacity of pastor Stephanie not wanting to believe the truth that she wanted to just believe the lie when you tell the person, a truth, it bothers them. It creates separation, separation. So they wanted to separate themselves from the truth. I don't want to hear that. You're not a real Jewish person. You're not from our tribe. You're not from our parts. It don't matter. I don't care who your father is. I don't care who your mother is. You're not from us. And whatever you're saying is blasphemous. And so this is where all it began. After 12 chapters of real successful stories. I know they killed Stephen. I know they had killed Stephen. But Stephen still doesn't resemble the 12 apostles. It, it doesn't carry that type of power. Stephen was just a regular workman. A regular person that went to work every single day. And he was anointed with the, with the Holy Spirit. And so he started preaching too. Because here's the thing. I was telling Pastor Rich this in the beginning of the service i can't go to your job and preach to that person that sits next to you you're not understanding what i'm saying i can't go to your job to the places you go to the supermarkets you go and be able to pick up your phone call and say hey pastor israel hey i have this person right in front of me they want to hear the word of god so bad and since i know that you preach it can you get on the phone or can you come down here to Publix to be able to preach it i can't because i'm probably with my daughter i'm probably with my wife probably doing something else you are anointed to preach the word of God you are anointed to reach people for the kingdom you are anointed and chosen to do God's work and this was Stephen he wasn't part of the 12 but he decided I'm part of the kingdom and when you realize that inside of your heart, maybe you're not a pastor, but you're part of the kingdom. Maybe I'm not a missionary, but I'm part of the kingdom. Maybe I'm not a worship leader, but I'm part of the kingdom. Maybe I'm not staff, but I'm part of the kingdom. And when you understand that, you understand that you can make a difference anywhere. Anywhere. Say anywhere. anywhere. Do you think that the kingdom of the enemy waits to see who is in higher places to go and do the work? <laughs> they don't care who does it as long as the work gets done. But there's some reason that Christians feel entitled. And until they do not call me by my name. 
And until I am not invited, until they don't open that door for me to speak to God from there to God to their hearts, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to just going to remain. That's not your job. Your job is to make the difference. Your job is to change the atmosphere. Your job is to bring the truth to light. Your job is to be the truth. Your job is to be the light and the salt that God has asked you to be. And if you're not doing that, then why are you sitting down in these seats? This was Stephen. They killed Stephen, 12 chapters, but they were having success. Success after success. Until a man rose named King Herod, and he captured James, the brother of John, and he killed James, the brother of John. This is the biggest opposition that they have ever faced because while we were preaching, we felt protected. <laughs> while we were preaching, we felt like nothing can touch us. While we were preaching, we felt like God had our back. That even if they tried to correlate us and try to get us together and try to hit it with the sword, they, it will bounce out of there because we were protected. We, we are the design 12. And so because we're the 12, nothing can happen to us. Nothing can harm us. Nothing can, can, can do no, no, no evil, no weapon can harm us. And when they saw James get killed by a man that wanted popularity, the hearts trembled. It's one thing to kill someone that was for the cause, but not very much known. When they kill the person that you used to hang out with for three years in a row. It's different when something bad happens to another brother and sister that you consider a distance. You go, oh, man. <sighs> yeah, Sister Lily has leukemia. Yeah, man, I'm just going to pray for her. It's different when your mom has it. They had experienced success. And now the 12 apostles, the, the untouchables, the people that God had ordained, that God wanted them to preach and spread the gospel, one of them is gone. And he is not gone because he died of old death. He was gone because they executed him. They captured him and they executed him all for the cause of popularity. Because King Herod dedicated himself to see how many people truly love me. So he saw that what he had done actually caused an uproar and they actually loved it. They said, King Herod, even the Jews, the Jews were the ones that were applauding this. They were killing their own brother and they were applauding it. They were, yes, 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 absolutely. I can't believe that this is happening. King, King Herod, I, I, I love you, man, because I didn't even like James. James was preaching all over the place. We didn't even like James. Get somebody else. And King Herod said, if James was a prize, then Peter's going to be an ultimate prize the bible says that they captured peter this is where our story is 
Peter is captured. He's captured. Peter, the one that preached in the upper room after the Pentecost, he was the one that preached. And 5,000, 3,000 souls came to Christ. Uh, that's not small numbers. Peter is captured. Peter, the one that ripped the ear off of the servants. Peter, the one that walked on water. Peter, the one that got rebuked when he said, God, don't go to the cross. He said, say, and get behind me. That type of Peter. Peter, the one that denied Jesus. Peter, the one that had breakfast with Jesus after he resurrected and he reinstated him. That type of Peter. The Peter that talks a lot and his actions just follow with crazy violence. That type of Peter. Peter, the one that actually is braver than all of the disciples. He's just ready for action. He's just ready to cut somebody's throat. He's just ready to tell somebody what to do. Impulsive Peter, the Peter that, that God said that he was going to be the rock, the rock, the rock, the witch, the one that God was going to found his church in. He told that to Peter, Peter, the rock, rock, Peter, he told that to Peter, and Peter is now in jail. Peter is in prison. Peter, the one that had influence, the one that had preached, the one that had spoken to Jesus himself, is now in prison. And he is in prison because King Herod believes that by killing Peter, his popularity is going to increase even more. I want to make sure you understand there's a difference between trying to work for the kingdom and trying to let your emotions get involved where you can actually benefit from the kingdom because you don't want anything it has, but you can benefit from it if you just do the things you want to do. He knew that if I just can't kill Peter, I'm going to have more followers. And we have to be very, very careful with those types of people. And you got to check yourself if you're that person. Because sometimes we want to think that we're the apostles running around, preaching at everyone, putting our hands on everyone. No, 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 no. Sometimes we're King Herod. Sometimes we'll kill somebody for followers. Sometimes we'll do things that we're not supposed to be doing for the, for the benefit and the reaping of something that we wanted. And so King Herod is literally saying, well, I, if I kill Peter, my followers will go up the roof. And so I'm going to do something that I shouldn't be doing. I'm going to do something that I shouldn't be doing, but I know that it's going to gain me success and it's going to gain me access to the population. So let me go ahead and do it. We need to be careful. That the truth remains inside of your hearts. That the truth does not leave because you're believing the lie. The message that Peter and his apostles preached was a message that will set people free. And at the same time would put them in prison. It would be a message that would preach about life and it would bring to them death. 
It would be a message. It would be a message. And now he is in prison for that message. I could understand being compensated for something that God has spoken to me about. But when I'm not getting compensated and when I am actually seeing the difference between the compensation of the Lord and just the enemy just attacking me at every corner. Sometimes you got to think, is it worth it? Is Is this worth it? Is preaching the gospel worth it? Is coming to church every Sunday worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it to just just come to church and with my family and pray? Is it worth it? Is it worth reading the Bible? Is it worth praying? Is it worth it? Because all I've received in return has actually allowed me to understand that it feels like it's not worth it. It's different when you're preaching the gospel and everybody's getting saved. Yeah, absolutely. Peter preaching 5,000. I'm ready to give my life to God. That's when you turn around and go, how you like me now? (laughs) But when you're preaching the same message and now all of a sudden 5,000 don't get saved. You get prison time. It's the same message. Not the same outcome. Peter preaching. People get saved. Now he's preaching again. And he needs some saving. It's different. When you're not getting compensated for what God spoke to you about. Because we think the compensation of the Lord is right there and then when he actually speaks to us. And so he'll tell us to do something. and He'll speak to us to do something. And then we actually think we're going to get compensated right there and then. And so he'll tell you to move somewhere. And you'll go, okay, as soon as I move from there, I'm going to get compensated. What, what do you got for me? And the first thing he has for you is that you have to deal with some type of craziness that you didn't even know you had. And now all of a sudden you're asking yourself, why did you tell me to move in the first place if I had to deal with this? It's because, it's because the compensation of the Lord. It's not because you did what he asked you to do. The compensation of the Lord is for you to know the Lord as you're doing what he told you to do. It's different. Preaching, we don't know what true persecution looks like. We could still preach, whether in our phones, in Instagram, outside. We still don't know what persecution looks like. Those comments on YouTube, those comments on Facebook, those comments on Instagram can feel a a little bit horrendous, but that's not persecution. 
and, 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 and I want you to understand what I'm telling you because the gospel needs to be preached regardless of what's happening, regardless of what's going around. The, 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 the life that we are living in is not going to change God's promises for us. The situations you go through, it's not going to change what God had declared over your life. He's in prison because of the message. It's one thing being in prison because of your own actions. It's a difference being in prison because of the message. Have you ever been in a prison? In your mind? At your workplace? You got to think about, is it because... Of me, or is it because of the message? It's the message. Peter is in prison because of the message. He's in prison because of the message. And the Bible says that the church was praying earnestly. That means that they were praying Every single day. That means they didn't stop or cease from praying. That means that they had something to pray about. And they prayed about it day and they prayed about it at nighttime. They kept on praying about the same situation. And sometimes you're going to understand that your prayers don't get answered. Not because you're not praying. But because you're not praying enough to care about what you're praying about. It's different when I say, God, please save my mother. It's in, our, in your hands. It's different when I go and pray and I go, God, I'm not going to stop praying for my mother. My mother, she knows that she belongs to God and I care about it as much as you do. And so today I'm going to bring her name up in prayer. And tomorrow I'm going to bring her name up in prayer until something happens, until the chains fall off, until something happens, until they break off. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray until something happens actually happens and the church was praying earnestly for Peter they were praying earnestly God deliver Peter from the jail cell we want Peter we give him to us back please do not let him have the same fate as James pray please bring him to us and the Bible says that as Peter is in prison hear me out he's gonna get judged the next day for his execution. The Bible says that Peter was sleeping. He learned a thing or two from his teacher. Didn't he, Pastor Rich? He learned a thing or two about his teacher. He saw in a storm while he was putting buckets of water and they woke him up, they said, hey, do you not care that we perish? Wake up! Now, his life is in danger. He's gonna die the next day. They already killed one of his brothers. He is next and he is sleeping. 
I want you to understand this because it's important. You know why you don't sleep well? God help me today. You know why you have sleep apnea? You know why you don't sleep well? You know why is it that you're not focusing on your rest? It's because you don't know who provides you the rest in the first place. You think that you have to rest because you have control of your life. But when you understand that he controls everything in your life, you can sleep like a baby and understand tomorrow he's already in it. So I don't have to worry, baby. I got to sleep tonight Peter is sleeping in the jail cell surrounded by soldiers because he knows that the soldiers are surrounded by angels if you knew that your problem was surrounded by God's hands would you sleep if you knew that God had control of your situation. Would you sleep? And Peter is sleeping. I remember that we were going to die and he was sleeping. There's nothing that I can do about the situation except sleep. Sometimes I want you to understand that there are situations that you're going to go through in life that you can't do nothing else but sleep on it. <laughs> yes, sometimes you got to take a nap on it. After you've prayed, after you've asked God, look at Brina, she goes, I'm an expert at that. <laughs> after you've prayed, after you inquire, after you, you put it and, and put it in front of God, sometimes you need to sleep on it. Have you noticed that when you go to sleep at nighttime, that when you wake up, the sun is still in its place? Have you noticed that when you go to sleep and you wake up, the moon is still in its place? Have you noticed that, that the earth continues to rotate? Have you noticed that, that nothing changes, that the animals are still alive, that, that, that your family is still breathing, that your children are still sleeping? Have you noticed? It's not true that controls it all. It's the Father in heaven seated at his throne that has all control. Have you noticed that when you wake up, everything is where it needs to be? Sometimes you got to nap on it. You're trying to disturb my peace. Watch me sleep. You're trying to disturb my peace. Now watch me snore. I'm going to tell you something super important. When you're sleeping, you're actually allowing everybody in the spiritual world to understand I got no control of what happens next. He does. Watch me snore. I could do it good too. Watch me get comfortable in this bed. 
in this thread count bed that I got. This therapeutic bed that comes all the way up. I don't have one of those, but Pastor Brett does. <laughs> Sometimes you got to sleep on it. Let God handle God things. Let God handle God things. Peter is sleeping in the prison. Cam and I'm, I'm finishing. Come on, we got baptisms to go to. We got Peter sleeping in the cell. The church is praying earnestly. And this gives us a picture of what you should be doing. Praying earnestly and resting. It's an equation for a miracle. It's an equation for you not to lose your mind. It's an equation for you to have peace in your heart because you know that you can't change the circumstance. You don't have the power to change the circumstance. But if you pray and you sleep, you got an equation to, for God to do what he's going to do. The Bible says that Peter was sleeping and a light arose and, and went inside the cell. And all of a sudden, he got kicked inside of his side. Ugh! He woke up and somebody was like, hey. Let's go. He said, huh? Where? I could just imagine Peter. Um, has God sent you? But on this one, he was so sleepy, he didn't know who he was talking to. He tells him, get up. Come with me quickly. Put your cloak over your head. Let's go. And they walk out of the prison and the Bible says that as he's reaching the gate that is still closed on him, the gate opens up automatically. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? He's surrounded by four squads of four soldiers in each squad. And he leaves out of that jail cell with nobody noticing that he has left. And the gate that is completely locked, that he doesn't have the key. Pablo, he doesn't have the key to the gate. How's he going to open it? It opens automatically. There's doors that you don't have a key to, but it's about to open in your favor. The Bible says it opened automatically. Whew. That I'm telling you, that's, that's, that's for somebody in this room. Something's about to open automatically. You didn't have the key. You didn't have the, the, the experience. You didn't have nothing to offer. But it opened automatically. The Bible says that he goes and he goes to the place where they're actually praying for him. And he's knocking on the door. And a servant comes out and her name is Rhoda and she looks at Peter and she recognizes his voice and she she goes oh my god she leaves him at the door she's so overjoyed that she forgot that what they've been praying for is actually there 
I want you to understand this. Peter was in the midst of a prison and God took him out in the midst of the soldiers. He didn't change the circumstance. He left the circumstance just the way they were. He just walked through the circumstance. If somebody understood what I just said, Brina, they would be clapping. It, he didn't change the circumstance. He walked Peter through the circumstance. He didn't change the guards. He didn't kill the cards. He didn't do anything. He walked Peter through the guards and made sure I'm coming out free, unharmed, and in undanger because God, he's my protector. He's my guide. The Bible says he walks out and Rhoda is overjoyed. She goes to tell the people that have been praying earnestly, hey, Peter is at the door. And they go, get out of here. You're out of your mind. Can I, can I say something? They were praying earnestly, but their faith was dwindling. And so sometimes we're praying but we don't have faith for what we're praying for. Praying every day. God, release Peter out of the jail. Please release Peter out of the jail. Please release Peter out of the jail. Please release Peter out of the jail. Hey, Peter's out the jail. What? You're out of your mind. You've been praying for a miracle and now the miracle is at the door and because it wasn't the way you expected it you can't even comprehend it here's what they were praying for God please touch King Herod's uh, heart that when he goes to judgment tomorrow they'll be able to tell him hey listen we've been analyzing the situation we'll just probably just let you go on a probation okay just letting you know i better not catch you preaching anymore god please allow that to happen please let him escape unharmed please and when god did it in a way that they didn't ever expect they could not comprehend it you mean to tell me that peter while it's still dark he's out there how is he out there he has guards around him he has a prison cell that locks him in he has that gate that he doesn't have a key to how in the world is peter outside and I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying for you to understand that there's certain things that God is about to do in your life that people are not going to be able to put a name on it. They're not going to be able to say it's because you had experience. It's because you knew something. It's because you had connections. No, 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 no. What just happened, it was God. He took me out of the cell, walked me out, opened the gate, and now I'm in front of you because it's God that's doing the miracle that you were praying for. Y'all remember that I've been praying for my dad and y'all remember that I've been talking to y'all about my dad and I've been preaching to my dad for several years. I first started with my sister, started getting to her, just preaching to her praying with her 
And as you can see, God is doing something in my sister as she comes, continues to come to church every single Sunday and, and join the Bible study and things of that nature. And we got to continue to pray for her because obviously the lie can still be out there, could still try to eat the fruit. And we rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus. But I've been praying for my dad and I've been speaking to my dad and I've just been praying and then I've been sleeping on it. Yeah, y'all catch it later. I've been praying and I sleep on it, right? So I sleep on that God has him in his hands. And so I know that he's going to be okay because I've been praying and I'm sleeping on it. He had, he's all God almighty. And so the other day, God, I was on the phone with him. He was just talking to me about the Bible. We've been talking back and forth. We've just been, you know, uh, 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 iron sharpens iron, just talking about the word, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And so all of a sudden he goes, hey, I got to tell you something. God recently spoke to me very, very heavy. He said, you got to go back to Tampa. You got to go back to Tampa. You got to go back to Tampa. He said, I'm coming back to Tampa. I'm going to fix everything with my family. I'm going to put things right because God is about to do something in our family. And he told me it's a stop because he's taking me to other places to preach the gospel. I said, I know that. I know that. And, and I, I want you to understand because this is, this is not lightly. The miracle, the miracle, the miracle was for my dad just to come back. But he's not only coming back. He's coming changed. Because it's at the door. It's at the door. He, here's the thing. You've been praying, praying, and praying, and praying. And I came here to tell you it's at the door. And that should make you celebrate because your marriage is at the door. Your children are out the door. The, the, the thing that you've been praying for is at the door. And you got to understand and comprehend that God has brought it to you. Doorbell, FedEx Express, he's brought it to your door. It's at the door. It's at the door. It's at the door. It's at the door. It's creeping on us. It's at the door. And, and when it starts knocking, you're going to be like, no, that's, that's impossible. How, how is that possible? What, have you not been praying? Have you not been asking God to do something? It's at the door. It's at the door. The Bible says, that he kept on knocking. Hey, it's me. They finally opened this. Oh my God. God really does miracles. What? No, I was expecting for something less, not this. And Peter said, shh, come here. Let me tell you how it happened. I just snuck out. I'm telling you, the shackles fell off. I didn't even know what the heck was going on. And I didn't even know who I was talking to. I was mostly asleep. And then when he disappeared, I noticed it was the whole entire angel. I don't know if it was the food inside the prison that made me actually hallucinate. But I'm in front of y'all now. It's at the door. It's what I feel in my spirit. It's at the door. It's at the door. It's knocking. It's at the door. You've been praying in faithful, faithfulness. It's at the door. It's knocking. It's at the door. I'm at the door. He says, I knock. 
going inside. I'm at the door. Your next breakthrough is at the door. Your next destiny is at the door. It's at the door. You thought it was heavily guarded, didn't you? That's what they thought. God, I know Peter. He's surrounded by four squadrons. He's never going to get out, but we ask you right now in the name of Jesus. He's at the door. They were praying, and Peter's at the door. He's at the door. Praying at the door. It was because it was impossible. And God made it possible. He brought it to your door. You know what God wanted to show? I know they killed James. I know they captured one of your brothers and they killed him. But the message still has power. And even though it killed one of the things that you loved, it still has power to make you escape in another season. Y'all didn't understand. He, even though it killed somebody in one season, it still has a power to free somebody in another season. And that's the message. That's the message. It could not be taken for granted. King Herod could have put uh, Paul, I mean, I'm sorry, Peter in three prisons. He could have surrounded it with a whole bunch of guards. And if God wanted Peter out, Peter was going to come out no matter what. And what I'm telling you is that the, the situation that you've been praying for looks so impossible that it looks like it's never going to happen, but it's at the door. It's at the door. Everybody on your feet. It's at the door. you something I know you started your new job the other day I don't know why I keep on looking at you as I preach I felt like God told me you thought that was it you have no idea what he's gonna get ready to do with you it's at the door I know you prayed for this job. And I know he is a gentleman to let you have it because it's bless your family. It'll continue to bless your family. But I don't want you to get comfortable. He got too many big things to do with you and your husband. And everything that you have in your heart that has not allowed you to fully comprehend, he's about to remove it. He has something for you, and it's at the door. Work. Enjoy it while it lasts. 
because it's at the door. It's at the door. It's too big to be contained. It's too big to be contained. You didn't only come here to lift my hands. Hear what the Holy Spirit is telling you. You didn't only come here to lift my hands. There's more for you. It can't be contained in that jail cell. God won't let you. He'll allow you to reach your family. see I see a group of people that have become okay with the normal lives they living and they don't understand that God is calling them for more don't get comfortable your life means more than what you can ever think or imagine I know you've been getting your house ready. I know, Manny. Carmen, house looks nice. Everything looks nice. That's great. I can't wait to go and eat at your house. But God has a mission for you. I want to make this very, very clear. As long as Freedom Church is up, my job as a pastor is never to keep you contained in these four walls hear what I'm going to say because it's in my heart my job is not to keep you contained in these four walls when God calls you to a mission when God calls you to a purpose you must go hear what I'm saying to you Cause it's not it, it's not normal because a pastor never wants his sheeps to leave because he loves them I understand what a shepherd feels because I love y'all Recognize my heart as I say this. It's too big. That tug that you'll start feeling is real. 
some people some people are seasonal people in this place they're here to help me put the walls up but their time will come because it's ticking in their hearts I'm telling you Carmen God has you sitting there momentarily to learn to capture to grab to grasp but it's too much to contain inside of a jail cell the Bible says the apostles preached everywhere and although they wanted to be together although they wanted to stay in the same place and just hang out together and just be able to they couldn't because the calling over their lives had expanded and they had to go one had to go over here the other one had to go over there because it was too much and God has called y'all He's called y'all to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. I would be selfish to allow myself to think that y'all belong to me. Y'all belong to God and to the purpose that you were designed for. Carmen, enjoy this season because the time will come where God will ask of you and you'll be equipped and you'll have the freedom that you actually need, the healing that you actually need to do what God is calling you to do. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. Hear me. I called you three years ago and I said, will you help me? Because God put you in my heart. I want to let everybody know for you and your husband it's too big to be contained. You've been serving faithfully. And God watches all of that. And you guys will grow and continue to grow. But whatever God has for you, not even I can stop it. And I love y'all. <laughs> I can't even stop it. God's about to revolutionize this place. And I'm telling you, with sincerity in my heart, he's been working on me because I've been thinking about it. God, I love my people. I want to be able to do amazing things with them. And I want to be able to just 
not yours. Live life with them. Break bread with them. Encourage them. Build them up. But when I call, I call. When I release, I release it's too much to be held and what I see is leaders what I see is pastors what I see are apostles missionaries evangelists you're not here to just waste your time God is coming there's so much harvest. There's so much harvest. It's too much. And as I was preaching this, all I could see is the faces of people that I love dearly. That God has allowed me to understand they're not yours. I've brought them but I want to be able to be so flexible that if I need to do something I can do it whenever I want to however I want to I believe that God is going to do great things with those that are available in their hearts that say yes Lord here am I. I'm here. Choose me. Choose me. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. Love you. We honor you. We give you honor. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. You are worthy. And I pray for every person in this place, their hearts, their minds, their calling. Lord, allow them to see the goodness that you have placed. Allow them to to seek you more than ever. Allow them to, to search for you, to chase after you more than ever, and that they can walk in their full capacity in their destiny. Help them, push them forward, and allow us to receive everything you have for your people. In your name we pray. If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.